It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Absolute power. Corrupt. Absolutely. Gotta get that. 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 Yo, I got that hit to be supply. You can get that bass on below. I got that rock and roll. That future flow. That digital spit. Next level visual. I got that. How to be back. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again. It's that time again. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am JT. A.K.A. The Master, and this is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to JT, The Master, and that, you know, is me. Got a great show in store for you today, week 12, in fantasy and in uh, real-life football. Um, Playoffs are just right around the corner. Hopefully, I've helped you. In getting you to that, or if you've found your way by yourself or whatever, in getting you to the playoffs, hopefully hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this program, um, I can get you over the top, get you, um, if you're not in the playoffs and, and you're, you're close to it, um, the next two weeks, uh, normally uh, most people uh, have leagues that end in the regular season at week 13, the playoffs start uh, week 14. 15 and 16 very few leagues go to week 17 in real life football or in fantasy i'm in a couple of leagues that do that but uh, for the most part uh, 14 15 and 16 are the playoffs i'm also in one league next week starts the playoffs they have two week playoff rounds um which quite naturally next week is week 13 14 is the first round um and then 15 and 16 is the, is the last round uh, there's only four teams. You got 12, 12 teams, and uh, uh, four teams make the playoffs. So if you're not in the top four, I think with three divisions in there. So if you're one of the division winners, you're in quite naturally. And then the next best, best record um, in this one league uh, gets is the uh, number four seed. So it's only four teams out of twelve. That's really competitive. Um, I'm I'm the number one seed right now as we speak. Uh, I think I can still seal it even if I lose this week uh, to be the number one seed. But uh, it's two rounds, and anything can happen in two rounds. It's not one and done. You got two weeks for each round, and you never know. I won this league uh, two years ago. This is 2015. I won it in 2013. I'm trying to uh, uh, bring it back home to Jersey. It's in Florida now, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm trying to bring it back home to Jersey. We'll see what happens. 
Um, I think I got a pretty good shot, but it's a highly competitive league, and uh, you got to be on point each week, just like most leagues. You got to be on point each week, and uh, we'll see what happens. But for, like I said, for most leagues, the um, playoff season starts in week 14. So you got two weeks, week 12, week 13, to, 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 for your last push to get the, into the playoffs. Otherwise, it's wait until next year. And you don't want those words when it comes to your last week or in the regular season. Wait till next year. Four four words you don't want to hear. So hopefully you can get you into the playoffs. Don't care what kind of record you have. I really could care less. And you know, quite naturally, you want the best record you can get. But you could. I would care less <clears throat> on what the record is. It's just a matter of getting into the playoffs. Now, before I get into, excuse me, into the uh, um, the matchups this week, and we're going to go through all of them, minus three uh, games because Philly played Detroit, Carolina played Dallas, and Chicago played Green Bay in, on Thanksgiving. So those are already settled. That history is already written. You know about them. Hopefully, you you benefited from some um um fantasy points that helps you set that set you up for today and, and maybe tomorrow for a win um some people uh uh some leagues their trade deadline ended the uh day after thanksgiving which was in uh, the 27th two leagues that the um trade deadline is december 2nd and december 2nd if i'm not mistaken is uh on a uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, excuse me, it's on a Wednesday. So you get one last-ditch effort to make a move, teams that are in the playoffs uh, trying to shore up their teams and, and strengthen their teams, teams that are trying to make that push into the playoffs. You got this week, if you haven't made a move in a trade deadline, well, then you're, you're, you're shortchanging your team. And then if you're close and there's a possibility – of you jumping into the playoffs at the last minute, you got until December 2nd for those leagues that uh, the trade deadline is December 2nd at, I think, 12 noon. You got to have the trade in place, accept the trade in place to make that last. Now, if you don't do that, if you're sitting there and you don't make a move when you should, shame on you. Then those four words that I said, wait till next year, are going to be heard from you. Wait till next year. Because stubbornness gets you nowhere. Stubbornness gets you nowhere. If you need to make a move, and I keep saying this, if you need to make a move and you got that one stud on your team, that can help you can help you strengthen your team in more than one position. It's a no brainer, in my opinion. It's a no brainer. You hold on to that one stud. That one stud is 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 that one stud. He may have gotten to you. He gotten you to this point, but you're teetering on the edge and you're playing with you're playing Russian roulette. If that stud hasn't gotten you secured in a playoff spot and you need to make a push, then that stud has got to be expendable. 
Trust me, that stud's got to be expendable. I've, I've traded away Adrian Peterson and some other uh, pieces, valuable pieces, to strengthen my team. And it's paid off. In the one league, I, I traded um, Adrian Peterson. Um, I'm the number one seed right now. Right now, anything can happen. I've strengthened my team and still trying to make moves. I'm not you're never content because you can always see a flaw in your team, and you're never content. You always try to strengthen your team until the last possible uh, moment. And hopefully your team is set for a playoff run if you're in that position. If not, then you, you, you're trying to get into the playoffs. Anything can happen. You're trying to get into the playoffs, and you use a chip or two or whatever to make moves. And I keep on, I've kept on saying this. I've been saying this from the beginning. If you got a stud, I understand the stud. If you have a stud and can, and can afford to pass it, pass it on to someone else, to help strengthen your team, you got to have some foresight. You got to look at the schedule. You got to look at a lot of things and, and, and not just sit on the stud and think he's going to carry you through. If you've been losing week after week or, or you're, you're, you're shaky and, and, and real shaky in one position and you got a stud that, you know, most people want, or you can see where you, you can push that stud to, to, to get a couple more pieces that, that will make your team that much stronger. It only makes sense to do that. Otherwise, you like I said, you're playing Russian roulette on whether you get into the playoffs or not. And the key is to get into the playoffs. Regardless of the record, regardless of the record, the key is to make it to the playoffs. And if you ha- have a highly competitive league and you have um, teams that have similar records, including yourself, like I said, you're playing Russian roulette and whether you get into the playoffs or not. That's all, I, that's all I can say. Anyway, I wanted to talk about this, okay? And, and it has to do with the playoffs and seeding and all that. And there's one league, and a guy called me. Um... <clears throat> I'm 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 going to talk about this league. I want to talk about this league. I'm in Yahoo League, and this this happens to go. The playoffs happen to go to a um, week 17 is the championship. So the playoffs start week 14. No, 15. I'm sorry, week 15, and it's a one round playoffs: 15, 16, and 17. And 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 it's not hate. Trust me, it's not hate. I'm the number thir- third seed here, okay. Um, and uh, I, what I'm saying is this. I see the the two seeds, uh, the two seeds that are above me, one and two. One of them happens to be Vicky, uh, the number two seed. Uh, The other guys, uh, uh, um, I think they're playing each other this week, which is fine because um, it's a pretty tight league. 
Um, I'm the number three seed. Now, I told Vic that him and his uh, uh, one and two seed are bogus. Um, and, and the reason I'm saying this is, is this. Uh, and it's, it's strictly a number game. It's not a hate because I, I've, uh, I've beaten – I haven't played the number one seed at all this year, and I don't think I will until – unless I meet him in the playoffs. But I have played Mr. FSP and beaten him. And the reason I'm saying this is this. I gave him his, uh, one of his two losses. Um, I've scored 1,837 points compared to giving up 1,726 points. Remember those numbers, okay? Giving up 1,700 uh, – well, I've had 1,726 points scored against me. The number one seed has scored 1,776 points and has 1,526 points scored against him. Yes, you heard me right. 1,526 points scored against him. That is the second lowest amount of points of any team scored against him. And I've scored more points. Than, than the first-round team. Fortunately, they've played teams that haven't given their best effort, and that's why he's the number one seed right now. Now, for Mr. FSP, Victor, and this is a strictly numbers game. He scored 1,710 points, 60 points less than the one seed, and had 1,457 points scored against them. That's the number two seed. Now, understand something. I've had 200 more points scored against me compared to the number one seed, and close to 300 points scored against me more than Mr. FSP, who's who – for all intents and purposes, has had, had the easiest schedule in the league. He scored 1,710 points. I've scored 1,837 points. So, almost, uh, uh, well, over 100 points more than Mr. FSP, uh, who has um, in the number one seed, a uh, number two seed, and 300, damn near 300 points against. So what I told Mr. FSP was this. I said him and his num- number one seed are bogus for the simple reason they've had the easiest way to go. They've had the least amount of points in the league scored against them and really hasn't scored that many. I mean, they scored 1,700 points, over 1,700 points. But – the number six seed, which is Jersey Hot Rats, has scored 1,900 points and had 1,900 points scored against him. He's had the toughest schedule. I mean, it, it, I'm in one division, they're in the other. And I can honestly say, well, quite naturally, every everyone else has had more points scored against the number one and number two seed 
in the league. And the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and and uh, 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 seeds have scored more points than the number one and two seed. I'm telling you. And he's saying that he's winning that league. Quite naturally, the number one team thinks they're winning that league. I'm telling both of them, no, you're not. It's obvious. On average, on average, and 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 I'll bring this out, on average, Mr. FSP, 155 points a week. 155 points a week. And and I'll go to the I'll go to the number one seed. On average, FSP scores 155 points a week. The number one seed scores 161 points a week. Okay. I'll go to the number six seed because that's key because the number six seed is a very dangerous team. They've had 19 points scored against them. The number six seed. But they've had the toughest schedule to to go against. They score 174 points a week. Unfortunately, probably he he probably got their best shot when they played him, and he probably was weakened by uh, was uh, had had his worst matchup. I have to say that 155, 161, and me. And I'm not just touting me. I'm just saying 167 points. So the number one seed scores 161 points. The number one, the number two seed scores 155 points. I'm number three. I score 167. The number six seed scores over 170. There's no way these two, number one or number two seed, are going to win. Plain and simple. All right. I just had to get that off my chest because Vic was saying, uh, Mr. FSC is saying a lot of hate. It's not a lot of hate. I'm looking at the numbers, and the numbers say that the number one and two are uh, bogus, for, for lack of a better word, and um, won't go far uh, into the playoffs. And, and there's a possibility that they won't be the one and two seed because we have week 12, week 13, and week 14, three more weeks. To see who's going to be one through six. I think I think it's six teams that uh, get into the playoffs. It is what it is. Um, I'm just laying it out there. It's not hate cause, because because um, I, I I've won the last five games, so it's not really hate. I, I could care less. I'm just stating what I see. Anyway, all right, people, let's get to this week, week twelve, crucial week. You got two more weeks from most teams, like I said, to get into the playoffs. We got a little more than an hour, about an hour and ten minutes to get through all these teams. We're talking about 14 teams, 14 games, I should say. A lot of games, an hour and ten minutes, I think we can do it. All right. For the first matchup, let's go to uh, Reliance Stadium. In Texas. Yes, I'm talking about my Houston Texans going up against that powerhouse who's coming off a bye. 
and feeling pretty good about themselves. Um, uh, well, I would say pretty feeling pretty good about themselves is the uh, Houston Texans who are on a three-game winning streak. They're at five and five, playing home against the team that's coming off a bye. The four and six Saints who have lost their last two games. They dumped their defensive coordinator. Quite naturally, the Saints are pretty bad in their um, uh, defense, pass defense, run defense. Overall, their defense is um, pretty shaky. And uh, um, a lot of people are jumping on the Brian Hoyer uh, bandwagon because the Saints give up a lot of um, points to the quarterback position. Um, that defense, I don't know how much better it's going to be with the um, with the uh, uh, um, new defensive coordinator. They, they had a week to try to write things. They're playing in Houston, and Houston does play well. That's my team. I know my team pretty well. They play well in Houston. But it's Drew Brees. So I, I'm figuring Drew Brees is going to throw for almost almost 300 yards, um, probably a couple, couple, couple touchdowns. Um, Brandon Cooks is, is, is come come back to life, so you're definitely going to play Brandon Cooks. Um, uh, I do. I still like Willie Sneed. Uh, I know he put up a fat zero um, in Week Ten, but he was dealing with a, a, a um, physical issue. Uh, hopefully, that issue has been resolved or 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 gotten better over the week uh, uh, that they had a buy. Um, and I, I like I like um, um, the uh, pieces in uh, um, New Orleans. Um, Houston is 16th in preventing fantasy points against the running uh, quarterback position, 21st uh, against the uh, uh, running back, and uh, 11 uh, in the wide receiver and tight end position. So, you Ben Watson um, fans, um, Drew Brees likes throwing to the tight end. Um, I would temper my expectations on how much uh, Ben Watson uh, gets targeted, but he will get targeted and he will catch passes. And Drew Brees likes throwing it to, throwing to him in, in the uh, red zone. So, um, I'm, unfortunately, uh, against my team, I'm calling for Ben Watson to have a touchdown uh, in this game. I'm calling for um, uh, uh, Willie, not Willie Sneed, Brandon Cooks to also be able to uh, get a big splash play. And get a nice touchdown uh, pass and get some nice uh, um, yardage, uh, about five or six catches, 70, 80 yards, somewhere around there. I know a lot, a lot of, a lot of so-called experts are calling for uh, um, uh, the New Orleans Saints to to win this game. I don't pick win, winners and losers in this. I just pick fantasy and, and the um, um, things that can happen in this. Like I said, um, New Orleans is. Uh, Dead last, preventing fantasy points in the quarterback position. Brian Hoyer has been on a hot streak. That, uh, next to last in preventing fantasy points in in a um, running back position. Uh, I'm not too high on – I'm not real high on um, Alfred Blue, but I do believe he can um, be a viable um, flex here. Um, The last rushing score was by Arian Foster in week seven. Um, Blue can, can catch passes out of the backfield. And um, this is a – it's still trying to be a, a um, running back-based offense, but Brian Hoyer in this matchup is a 
certified 100% play in here against a piss poor, and I can't I can't believe that they're going to instantly turn around in one week. Uh, New Orleans Saints defense. So Brian Hoyer, if you are missing a quarterback and you don't know which way to turn, um, a lot of people have you you know you lost Joe Flacco if you were playing Joe Flacco. Um, Brian Hoyer is an excellent pickup to play. How about uh, in the um, Nuke? You know who Nuke is? Nuke, I should say, is uh, um, DeAndre Hopkins, who's absolutely been balling out, one of the best targets in the um, uh, NFL and in fantasy. Uh, one of top one or two, depending on your scoring system, uh, in in uh, what in wide receiver position in, in fantasy. I see him getting close to double-digit uh, catches in here. Targets are going to be all, uh, off the roof. I think he's one of the most targeted wide receivers, if not the most targeted wide receiver in the NFL. Um, so I expect him to get a, a touchdown or two in here. And believe it or not, the other option in here, and I think he's a viable play, uh, wide receiver two, um, if you have no other options, wide receiver three, uh, maybe in the flex because – they're going to be throwing a ball against the uh, uh, New Orleans Saints. There's a possibility that um, you're going to need, me, need to be throwing the ball more uh, due to having, maybe having to play catch-up against this New Orleans Saints, even though they don't play that well on the road. Um, New Orleans Saints is 1-4 um, and four on the road, and the uh, Texans are 3-2 and two at home. So um, they're coming off a bye. So they, they've healed up a little bit. They've got to straighten a few things out, and I can't believe they, they straighten up the defense that much more. I like uh, uh, all these characters going forward. It's in a dome. You don't have to worry about any weather issues, and uh, we can go on from there. All right, let's move on to the next um, matchup would be the Rams versus the Bengals. Uh, a very bad Rams offense uh, highlighted with Todd Gurley. Uh uh, Case Keenum still going through um, concussion protocol. So Nick Foles is back in the saddle as a quarterback. Um, Greg Zerline uh, was limited in Friday's practice. It's not questionable since he got a pull groin. So kick him. I wouldn't say kick him to the curve, but you got to replace your kicker. Um, and believe it or not, uh, some matchups are determined on the kicker whether he has a good night, good day or a bad day. So don't discount getting a decent kicker uh, in, in, in place. Cairo Santos, uh, Josh Lambeau, um, Chandler Canizero, uh, quite, quite naturally, Steven Goskowski is probably taken. I'm taking uh, Mike Nugent uh, in this matchup. Uh, it may be a good uh, alternative for you. Um, one one guy I like in this absolutely, and they're going to stack the box quite naturally because that's their main weapon, and that's uh, Todd Gurley. But I still like Todd Gurley as a number one option here. I think he's the, the uh, um, I, they're going to push Todd Gurley. He's an extremely good talent, and um, you, you got to you, you can't sit him, so you got to play Todd Gurley. Um, I also like. Um, On the other side, Andy Dalton, 
You know what? I don't like any though. There's only two guys I, I really like in here, and um, one of them is Tyler Eifert, who happens to be the um, BFF for Andy Dalton. When all else fails, he, he uh, uh, Tyler Eifert, as long as he can get over his drops, he's lately been dropping the ball a lot, but he gets targeted a lot. Um, that uh, you, you, you uh, Tyler Eifert is definitely an option here. Now. PPR is probably the only way I would play A.J. Green uh, against this uh, defense that is um, number three in preventing fantasy points against the uh, uh, wide receiver permission, uh, position. I'm sorry. Number two in preventing fantasy points in the um, quarterback position and about middle of the pack in preventing fantasy points, and I'm talking about St. Louis, in the running back position, and uh, 19th, 19th and 17th, um, 19th in the tight end, and, ninth, uh, and 17th in the running back, preventing fantasy points. I'm talking about St. Louis. So they can be run on, and the tight end position is a vulnerable vulnerable position that St. Louis gives up uh, points to. So that's why I'm saying play uh, uh, Tyler Eifert, and um, – if I had one guy to play, Jeremy Hill is a goal line back for the most part. He's he's very much um, touchdown dependent, uh, and I, I'm I'm saying that because they're playing home. I'm saying that um, Cincinnati will be able to move the ball, um, and if you're in PPR. Giovanni Bernard is a good play because he's going to he's going to run the run the ball um, sparingly in this offense. He's mainly going to be used in the passing uh, attack, and he's very good um, running back coming out of the um, out of the backfield catching the football. So I expect him to get double digits, uh, probably be twelve, thirteen points somewhere around that, which is a good. Uh, flex um, and, and a low end RB two somewhere around there in PPR. Jeremy Hill, you're you're flipping the coin and, and rolling really rolling the dice whether he gets in, uh, a shot in red zone. Um, more likely than not, he will. Um, there's no guarantee that he will get into the end zone. He may get the opportunities, but there's no guarantee um, that he's getting into the end zone. And you're playing with we uh, this week, if you need it, you're desperate. You don't have any other options, and quite naturally, you play them. If you do have other options, go that route. Trust me, go that route. I've I've uh, passed, I've moved on from Jeremy Hill. All right, let's move on to the next uh, uh, matchup, which would be um, the uh, and, and this is inside of a dome. Quite naturally, we haven't gotten to any inclement weather yet. Um, and this is inside of a dome. It's the Vikings versus the Falcons. Falcons are absolutely um, killing themselves with turnovers. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, I don't know what's going on. Devontae Freeman and Leonard Hankerson are officially out. Matt Ryan is also out um, because they've, uh, um, uh, I think he's got a pull groin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, talking about Matt Ryan, one of the most reliable kickers in the NFL. Shane Graham is going to, will kick this week. 
Um, let's let's start let's start this way. We'll start on the Minnesota Vikings and this um, run-based offense. North Turner use Adrian Peterson. Use Adrian Peterson. He had a, he had a three-game streak of 100-yard games, but last week excuse me last week he only had 13 carries for 45 yards. And, and and he had a uh, he did have a touchdown. The Packers were winning for most part of this game, so um, they had to go to a passing game to try to catch up, <clears throat> and that affected. But in this in in this uh, matchup against the um, um, Atlanta, who their best uh, one uh, their worst uh, one of their worst. Um, defense defense's weaknesses is preventing fantasy points against the running back position, which is 27th, and against the tight end position, which is 26th. So what's that telling you? Uh, I would think that a defensive-minded coach with a uh, talent as Adrian Peterson going up against a team that their weakness is um, uh, – uh, defending against the run and defending against the tight end position that uh, um, Adrian Peterson and Carl Rudolph should have a very good day. And that's why I'm saying that uh, you, you're going to play Adrian Peterson anyway. But Carl Rudolph is, is a play, especially in a, in, in a North Turner offense who likes using the running back and the tight end. This is a perfect storm. How could you not use Kyle Rudolph? You're looking for an option, and you don't. You're missing a viable tight end. How could you not? I mean, not use Kyle Kyle Rudolph in this in this spot. Stephon Diggs has cooled off um, quite a bit. He was held under 50 yards with no score in weeks nine and ten. And even at home, that was which was last week, he still only managed six receptions for 66 yards. Now, that's decent in PPR. Standard, he only gets six points, but that's decent in PPR. I used him as, as a flex, got 12 points out of him, which is fine. Oh, no, did I use him? I used him as a wide receiver, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, as a flex, I'm sorry, as a flex last week. And I got 12 points out of him, which is decent for a flex. Um And 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 against Atlanta, who is number two in preventing fantasy points in the wide receiver position, if you have a an alternative, defenses are not surprised by this rookie anymore, and they know how to defend him. So or have an idea how to defend him. Um, and uh, I expect the uh, the same to happen here. So temper your expectations if you have no other choice but to to um, play um, Stephon Diggs. Um, I don't think he gets double digits, eight, nine. If, if at the very least he gets ten points in this, um, I, I would expect that. Um, depending on how things go, this this is a pretty good defense that Atlanta has to go up against. If things get out of control, then Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, 
but I think they're going to try to control the clock and um, use Adrian Peterson extensively to try to keep it away from the that offense in Matt Ryan and the um, Atlanta Falcons. But uh, I expect Julio Jones to be balling out here. Um, I, I, he getting double digits, close to double digit catches. Uh, he's going to get um, high target rate. There's no two ways about it. Um, one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL, absolutely. Uh, he, I think he's going to get it close to 100 yards and and, and, a, and a touchdown. Now, Minnesota, believe it or not, is top 10 in preventing fantasy points in the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position. But Tevin Coleman is taking his place of Devontae Freeman, who's still dealing with uh, um, concussion protocol. Um, so you have to temper your expectations of Tevin Coleman. I know um, a defensive-minded head coach in uh, in Atlanta is going to run, run, want to run the football first like they were doing with Devontae Freeman and then um, make uh, play-action plays down the field with Julio Jones and company. Leonard Hankerson's out, so he, he won't be playing. Um, you got uh, a combination of uh, Roddy White and uh, uh, Justin Hardy uh, on the other side. Uh, but Jacob Tammy is another viable option, uh, even though that the um, Minnesota for historically has been a weak um, defense against the tight end position. So uh, Jacob Tammy who Matt Ryan likes thrown to, um, I can expect to get decent tight end points from him. I'm not saying he's a tight end one, but he's definitely uh, in the conversation uh, of getting double-digit points from the tight end position. So he's a viable play here. I like him a lot. Um, And uh, like I said, Shane Graham with the offense that um, um, Atlanta has, I expect them to, to move the football within uh, field goal range c- consistently through this game. And if, even if they don't get into the end zone, being able to be in a um, position to be able to kick some field goals. So I'm thinking they'll be in a uh, kicking field goals in here and, and um, Shane Graham would be a good viable play along with uh, Blair Walsh on the other side. Um, because both these offenses do have flaws and, and can stall at times, but their um, kickers are decent kickers. Uh, Shane Graham take, taking the place of Matt Bryant, Blair Walsh um, um, being a consistent kicker. And this is in the dome, ideal conditions. You can't get any better than this ideal, ideal conditions, and you want to <clears throat> be able to take advantage of uh, getting fantasy points regardless of where it's at, and this is in the kick, uh, kicker position fantasy. All right, let's move on to the next game, to the next matchup. And um, this is going to be in um, um, in Washington, D.C., where the uh, division-leading NFC uh, East um, New York Giants are playing against the second-place team in the NFC East, believe it or not, Washington Redskins. Um, this matchup can determine or help determine going forward uh, who wins the NFC East. 
Um, it's supposed to be about 48 degrees, overcast. And uh, let's look into this matchup with Eli and the company coming off a bye, going down to uh, D.C. to face uh, Kirk Cousins-led uh, Washington Redskins. Um, let me, let's get to this. Okay. All right. Anytime Kirk Cousins throws the interception, the Washington Redskins are uh, lose. Just get that uh, and understand that. The last time the uh, Giants played the Redskins, which is in week three, the Giants won it 32-21. to 21. Quite naturally, I was at home. Giants are 5-5, five and five, like I said, atop the NFC East. Uh, the Eagles are 4-6. and six. Um, and the um, and that has nothing to do with uh, the um, Washington the the Washington Redskins of four and six I should say. Um, Eli Manning, in my opinion, is a very good play here. Um, in week three, Eli Manning threw for two hundred seventy nine yards and two touchdowns. Um, when they when last time they played the Redskins and that now was at home. Um Redskins are a, a team that um about middle of the pack in preventing fantasy points uh in a quarterback and running back position. Uh their best attribute uh in on defense is preventing um fantasy points in the tight end position. Uh the wide receiver position unfortunately for the Washington Redskins is their weakest part of their defense. That means that Ruben Randall, Dwayne Harris, and last but not least, Odell Beckham should have very good days here. Um, I'm calling for Ruben Randall and Odell Beckham to be able to visit the Washington Redskins Redskins end zone with some touchdowns. Uh, Odell getting the century mark. Um, Ruben getting about half a century. Um, These guys take five or six catches respectively. I'm not expecting too much from the running game, okay? I, I'm really not. Uh, I'd be surprised if they get double digits here. Eight or nine points, and that's in PPR that I think uh, Shane Vereen or Rashad Jennings get. Uh, it's a mismatch of who's going to be the uh, better of the um, um, running backs in the uh, Giants to uh, on any given, any given Sunday. Uh, and on the other side – Kirk Cousins, like I said, he threw the interception nine times out of ten. The Washington Redskins lose. He threw for three hundred sixteen and a touchdown in, in the last time they met in Week Three. Like I said, he's he's had one one touchdown pass in all but two games. Um, but he does have more weapons than he did in, in the first meeting, which is Week Three that the Giants had. Um, and he's facing one of the weakest defenses in the NFL, in, in the Giants. Because the Giants, um, believe it or not, even though they're 5-5, five and five, the Giants are 31st in preventing um, fantasy points against the quarterback position, 22 and 21 respectively in preventing fantasy points in the running back and wide receiver position, and 31st. Um, one of the worst teams in preventing points against the uh, tight end position. Um, so w- what's that say? That says to me that Kirk Cousins, even though uh, I'm not going to do, try to tell you what the score is going to be, should be able to 
um, I wouldn't say pass at will, but have a good passing day and passing to um, Jordan Reed, who happens who happens to be a very athletic uh, uh, tight end and dealing with an MCL, but it hasn't bothered him um, that much that he can't uh, be a viable fantasy option. It should have a good day. Uh, I would think that the wide receiver position now, depending on who, or you, who you have, uh, Jameson Crowder has been targeted quite a bit, um, uh, and and so has uh, Pierre Gosson. Um, Deion Deshaun Jackson is a big play, excuse me, big splash wide receiver. Prince Amukamura is supposed to be coming back, so it's supposed to help um, the uh, defensive back position on the Giants. But uh, I think they still, meaning the Redskins, can still be a viable. Uh, um, fantasy uh, point getter uh, from the wide receiver position. The guys I would play would be Pierre Garçon and Jamison Crowder, because I think those are going to be benefit more from the wide receiver position and Chris Thompson. I know Alfred Morris is supposed to be back. I know Matt Jones is just like uh, the giants in their mismatch of uh, running backs. Um, Washington is dealing with the same thing. And if I had to deal with a, a running back from the uh, Washington Redskins, it wouldn't be Matt Jones. It wouldn't be Alfred Morris. It would be Chris Thompson because um, especially if it's in PPR, uh, he's going to be tar- target early and often. Uh, he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield, and I think he, he, he's going to get a shot to, to, <laughs> to uh, um, catch the bat- football out of the backfield and be a viable option to get into the end zone also. Um, so that's how I see it. All right, let's move on to the next um, option here, and that would be the um, Buffalo Bills going up against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, where it's going to be a nice, crisp 35 degrees and uh, rainy in um, in Kansas City. Buffalo's going there on their run-based defense. Uh, excuse me, the run-based offense, along with Kansas City, who's a running back-based uh, offense also. Um, I'm expecting this game to be a very physical game. Um, both defenses have been playing relatively well. Kansas City more than the um, Buffalo Bills. Um, Kansas City's at home. Um, Charkandrick West is not is not playing. He's out. So take him out of your lineup. Um, if you happen to have uh, gotten Spencer Ware, put him in your lineup. I think this the scheme of this offense is conducive to a running back that's got some ability. Uh, I would, so I, well, I would think this. They had uh, um, Jamal Charles, quite naturally. He went down with an ACL. And uh, in comes Charkandrick West, who's been a very good um, backup option and, and a viable Running back, he gets hurt with a hamstring. In comes Spencer Ware, um, who uh, last week um, uh, ran eleven had eleven carries for ninety six yards and two touchdowns. Um, and I think uh, uh, regardless of this defense of um, the um, Buffalo Bills who's 13th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position, 18th, excuse me, 18th 
in, do, in doing the same against the running back and uh, 22nd in doing that against the wide receiver position. So Kansas City runs the football. Spencer Ware can run the football and also catch it out of the backfield. So I think he's going to be a viable option uh, with a little sprinkle of Nile Davis, who was inactive last week, to be a change of pace, just like he was uh, at one point with um, Jamal Charles. Um, so I think it's going to be the Spencer Ware show, uh, and I think he's going to be able to <clears throat> perform admirably in here. Uh, 60, 70 yards, this, and like I said, in this run-based offense, running back-based offense, I should say, to catch, catch a few passes out of the backfield. And uh, I'm, I'm calling for uh, – <clears throat> excuse me um, – a tempered expectation um, from Travis Kelsey because Buffalo is sixth, number sixth in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. They they defend the linebackers and, and safety defend well against the um, tight end position. So temper your expectations. You got to play him. You, you got to play him because Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey is a uh, a number one tight end. Um. Hopefully he he'll able to be able to catch the football. He's had drop these in the last few weeks, but hopefully he'll be able to catch the football. And I'm not feeling Jeremy Macklin in this um, in this matchup also. But um, him and Albert Wilson are, are two targets that uh, Alex Smith, who I'm not too happy about um, playing or would play. I wouldn't play him in there because um, Alex Smith is not a. Uh, uh, stretch the field type of quarterback, safe throws. So the one, the two guys I I, I may play in here is um, you got to play. I would play Spencer Ware. Running back's position is really tough. And and if you got a viable running back, that's going to be a a, a volume type running back, you got to play him. And that's Spencer Ware. And uh, someone that the quarterback, uh, like Strone too, and, and that would be uh, Travis Kelsey. I would temper my expectations, and, and Jeremy Macklin, um, being that this defense um, um, doesn't defend well against the running uh, wide receiver, but um, we're talking about the quarterback and the pass rush of the B- Buffalo Bills and the quarterback of the um, Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's going to get the football out of his hand quick, and that's going to the running back or the uh, tight end. All right, let's move on to let's move to the the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Bills up against a Kansas City defense that's eighth and number thir- three against the uh, preventing fantasy points against the quarterback and running back position re- respectively, and number one in preventing uh, um, um, fantasy points against the tight end position. Got. Philip Rivers last week, if you saw Philip Rivers and, and Antonio Gates absolutely going at each other, um, it's reason for that. Kansas City is number one in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. And you got very athletic um, players that can defend against the tight end, and it showed against the uh, San Diego Chargers who couldn't do anything in the tight end position um, last week. No weakness. Um, they can be thrown on. Meaning, when I say thrown on, they can be thrown on through to the uh, wide receivers. They're in 32. They're number 32, 32nd 
in preventing fantasy points against the wide receiver position. Unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, you got Chris Hogan and Sammy Watkins. And you know they're probably going to target Sammy Watkins extensively, but I would play Sammy Watkins in here as a flex, as a flex, not a wide receiver one or two, um, and, and Chris Hogan as as, a, as maybe as a flex. Um, you got to play LaShawn McCoy. I know this is a tough defense against the run. Both of these defenses are, but you got to play LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he can catch it out of the backfield, and, and he's a very good runner. So he's a dual threat, especially in PPR. He's a dual threat, and you got to play LaShawn McCoy. Carlos Williams, he's a wild card in here. Um, uh, and, and I would be, especially against this defense, wouldn't be a too confident of a person, especially in, in these coming weeks before the playoffs, if you're fighting to put a Carlos Williams in there and happen to come up with one or two, uh, three, four points. Um, not a really uh, an effective um, outlay of points for you in, in a position that you need, and whether it's a two, which I kind of doubt you're going to put Carlos Williams in, or a flex. Uh, and you, you're expecting more from that, uh, and, and with wins being crucial coming down the stretch before you get to the playoffs. So I wouldn't play him. Tyrod Taylor is not a good play for me either in here. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, matchup, which is going to take place in um, uh, Tennessee. The uh, uh, Oakland Raiders versus the um, Tennessee Titans. It's going to be uh, in the low 60s, overcast. Um, and uh, t- Tennessee Titans is going, to, is going to need this one in the worst way. Um, Oakland coming off a loss last week. And, and they've lost their last three games. They're uh, right naturally, you know, they're four and six, uh, two and three on the road. The two and eight Titans have lost their last two games and are just two and four at home. Um, it's hard to think about what team is going to win this, and I'm not talking about winning uh, and losers here uh, because of these defenses and the some limitations on the offense. Um, Derek Carr is much improved this year and he's already passed for 21 touchdowns, but he was held with no score in Detroit. Um, he was on a three game streak of 300 plus yards, uh, with at least three scores in each. Um, and, and, um, the Tennessee Titans are surprisingly, surprisingly decent defense, especially at home. Um, they're 17th. In preventing fantasy points, that's middle of the pack, but the 17th of preventing fantasy points against the um, quarterback position, 13th in doing the same thing in the wide receiver position, um, number four in preventing um, points against the running back position, and uh, 27th, they have a weakness against the uh, tight end position. Uh, so what's that telling you? Um, temper your expectations on Derek Carr. Um, but I do expect him to throw for a couple of touchdowns in this um, mid 200 uh, range, about two, 250, 260. Um, uh, really temper your expectations. Uh, I would put him in a flex. Uh, I wouldn't even decide or think about putting him in, in, in um, running back one or two. Definitely not in a running back one. 
uh, low end running back two, more likely a, a flex position because um, he uh, he runs the ball uh, more than he catches the ball out of the backfield. I'm talking about Latavius Murray. Um, I'm thinking that the way to attack the Tennessee offense is what the uh, Oakland Raiders do best, and that's to pass the football. Uh, Michael Cap- Crabtree um, has outshone um, the um, rookie and Amari Cooper, but both of these guys are um, viable plays for me. Um, Crabtree, a wide receiver, too. Amari uh, Cooper, a flex or a wide receiver three. And, and uh, um, the L, ever-present, and I always like playing this guy because he's got a big foot, and I think he, he'll they'll benefit from a stalled offense against this Tennessee Titan defense, and that's Sebastian Janikowski. Always a viable threat. Um, and on the other side, um, Marcus Mariota. Has now gone two games without a passing touchdown, um, but they they've been he's been running the football more. Now, the two best games have both happened on the road, okay? At home, like I said, they're two and four. They've only won two games, so. Um, I'm saying that against this defense, who is Oakland's 26th in preventing fantasy points against the running, uh, uh, excuse me, quarterback position, 23rd in uh, running back position, 15th uh, in the wide receiver, and 29th against the tight end position in preventing fantasy points. So the quarterback, running back, and tight end of uh, Tennessee. Should be viable plays in here. Um, if you're looking for a uh, quarterback, for whatever reason that you don't have a viable quarterback in this matchup, I think uh, Marcus Mariota would be a viable um, option in the quarterback position. I think see him uh, and his conservative ways um, being able to take care of the football, going for about uh, mid 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. I'm not looking for too much from the running back position, Antonio Andrews, but the Kendall Wright is back um, who uh, Marcus Murrieta had a really good rapport with. And I see him jumping right back into the fray, catching uh, about four or five catches, about 50 to 60 yards and a visit in the end zone, just like uh, Delaney Walker, who's a young quarterback's best friend, uh, from the tight end position, who's been a volume catcher. Uh, he um, um, topped the receptions last year, and he's on his way to doing it this year uh, for, for the team. Uh, so I see him getting quite a few targets uh, in about six to seven catches, six, 60, 70, 80 yards, somewhere in that, and also a visit into the uh, end zone. And against this Oakland defense, I I'm saying that, the Tennessee Titans should have um, some stalled uh, um, drives, and uh, Ryan Suckup is a very accurate kicker, and I see him getting a, at least a couple um, field goals along with uh, some extra points in here and being a viable play from the kicking position. All right, 
Let's move on to the next one. Um, and I'm talking about here is the um, who? Um, the Chargers visiting the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, who are surprisingly one game out of first place in the AFC South. Yeah, you heard me right. One game out from the AFC South. And I, and I, and I think I missed one game, but I, I'll come back to it. In fact, I know I did. I'll come back to it. Um, Chargers are absolutely the worst, one of the worst teams, in fact, not the worst team, in preventing fantasy points against the running back position. They're 32nd. They're 32nd in preventing fantasy points in the running back position. What they do best is preventing fantasy points, which they're number 10 and number in, in, against the quarterback, and number 7th in the wide receiver position in preventing fantasy points. But against the run, they're absolutely horrible. So what's that telling you? Today is T.J. Yeldon Day. Early and often, T.J. Yeldon should be used um, um, this kid, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's got the second most uh, rushing yardage behind uh, Todd Gurley. So this kid's balling out, and even with the nagging injuries that he's had, should have a very good day today. Play T.J. Yeldon. Play um, two Allens, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. As long as Allen Hearns is is healthy, you play him. No two ways about it. You play him. I don't care. Um, these two guys have been balling out, and I expect them to do that at home. Um, I expect them to do that at home. I expect them to um, – I expect them to, to have very good days. I expect them to have six six or seven catches, um, 70, 80 yards, somewhere around there, um, uh, and uh, a a visit into the end zone. Allen Robinson more so than Allen Hearns. Uh, His streak was broken last week on scoring a a touchdown. Um, First time in eight weeks um, that he hadn't scored a touchdown last week. Uh, He's been nursing some nagging injuries, but I expect him to play. Um, and both these guys, Hearns is a good flex position. Allen Robinson is a wide receiver one, low, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two. Um, and, and, uh, uh, I expect the tight end position to be affected, uh, by this because uh, San Diego, like I said, is 22nd in preventing fantasy points in the tight end position. They are another team that's historically, uh, the defenses have been weak against the tight end position, and I expect uh, Julius Thomas, who's been um, getting better every week, to be a viable option and, and to be able to get a uh, visit into the end zone this week. Um, um, Blake Boyles had a, a bad game in week 10, um, but I, but – he would be a 
a, a viable play here. Now, if it was on the road, that would be a different story, but he's home. And I think he's going to be a very good play um, at home against this uh, San Diego defense, uh, even though they're top 10 in preventing fantasy points against the running back, I mean, um, quarterback position. Now, on the other side, Phillip Rivers and company, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't, they, they, they were absolutely um, horrible against Kansas City last week. Arguing on the sidelines, two guys that have been stalwarts um, um, in fantasy uh, and, and pretty close, I would think, uh, in real life, were going back and forth with each other. Um, because of uh, – I'm talking about Antonio Gates and, and Philip Rivers. I'm not saying this is a get-right game, but I'm saying that uh, I see Antonio Gates getting targeted here and, and uh, um, um, getting some good good work done. I, I imagine that he probably feel a little bit better because he wasn't played that much uh, last week, that uh, um, he's going to get more work this week, uh, especially what happened last week. Uh, and and uh, um, with this with this defense, Jacksonville, who's 23rd against the uh, tight end position, 12 against the wide receiver position, 20th against the running back position, and 25th against the um, quarterback position, preventing fantasy points. Um, there's going to be it should be a lot of fantasy goodness in here, meaning that uh, Danny Woodhead should be able to get uh, double digits in here. Uh, he was very quiet last week. That I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I would think um, uh, Dontrell Inman uh, is going to be a surprise. Yes, I said Dontrell Inman. Um, uh, they had a very bad showing last week in dropping footballs and, and, and not being too reliable for Phillip Rivers. I think these guys had a decent week at practice and that the guys in the, in the, in the, uh, the pass catchers, meaning Dontrell Inman, Stevie Johnson, Antonio Gates, um, and Danny Woodhead, are going to be used early and often and are viable plays, respectively. Stevie Johnson, a wide receiver, too, um, uh, uh, and probably the main option for Phillip Rivers uh, because Malcolm Floyd's still not right. He may play in this game, but I wouldn't trust him. Uh, Stevie Johnson, I would trust more. Uh, Antonio Gates, a stalwart in the um, San Diego offense, and I do believe that Phillip Rivers is going to try to get him the football. Um, not just because Antonio Gates screamed and, and jumped up and down and threw a fit last week, but because he can help the football uh, team move move down the field and, and score. Uh, he's still a viable threat. And uh, uh, Phillip Rivers, uh, I'm not saying he's going to have um, uh, 300 yards and five touchdowns, but uh, I do believe he's going to um, be able to get that close to that 300 mark and, and a couple touchdown passes. I, 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 I like his, I like his odds, even though it's on the road and they don't play that well on the road at times. I think they can do it here. Um, they, they charges one um, against the Jaguars, but the Jaguars came to uh, San Diego, not the other way around. Um, so the Chargers are on a six game losing streak. They are 0 and 4 in road games. I'm not, Talking about winning and lo- winning, winning and losing. I'm talking about fantasy points. And uh, they're going to be missing two of their op- starting offensive linemen. I'll t- tell you that right now. So, but I still like the fantasy uh, um, players 
for um, San Diego that I spoke about. All right, let's move on to a game I, I missed, but I'm coming back to it right now. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston, who threw through last week for five touchdowns against the 40-year-old quarterback in Matt Hasselbeck in Indianapolis, Buccaneers versus the Colts. Let's talk about this for a minute. <clears throat> um, Tampa Bay. <clears throat> Jameis Winston has, has been balling out. Um, Austin Severian Jenkins, again, is now not expected to play. Um, and if he does, he's going to be a viable option. But uh, uh, temper your expectations. First week out, most guys don't ball out. It's an exception when they do. Uh, but I do like Jameis against this defense of Indianapolis, who are 28th, 25th, 26th, and 20th against preventing fantasy points. And I list them just like I, I, I uh, named them off. Quarterback, running back, and wide receiver in tight end position. They're, it, the, the lowest they are is 20th. Um, I should, the, the highest they are, I should say, is 20th. The lowest is 28th. So I'm thinking that Tampa Bay should be able to move the football on the ground and through the air. And they got two big boys on the outside on either side of their formation. That means um, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. And Jameis Winston was on fire last week, like I said, with five touchdowns. And uh, I expect him to play well against this Indianapolis defense that is not a strong defense at all. So I'm expecting to both these guys, Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans, even though Mike Evans may have more catches and yardage than Vincent Jackson, both visit the end zone and both be able to put up very good fantasy points um, in your, in your lineups. So if you, if you either have Vincent Jackson or Mike Evans, uh, be sure to get him in to your lineup uh, without a doubt. Mike Evans is a wide receiver one. Vincent Jackson can be a wide receiver two or a flex option in, in this uh, um, this week uh, because of what um, what defense they're going up against and uh, be, because they're going to be able to move the football. And I always like to include this, uh, the kicker, Connor Barth, who, who – uh, I, I like in this matchup uh, because the fact is they'll be able to move the football and, in, 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 inside of a dome in Indianapolis. And um, even if they don't visit the end zone, close enough for Connor Barth to be able to kick um, multiple field goals. Multiple points, I mean, multiple field goals adds up quickly. Uh, from the um, kicking position, and I'm saying to you that if you're looking for a kicker and, and an offense that's going to be able to move, move the football and, and get within field goal range consistently in, in this week, Tampa Bay in Indianapolis is one of them. Quite naturally, on the other side, I'm talking about Matt Hasselbeck, the 40-year-old quarterback. I like Matt Hasselbeck in this game. I think they can move the football against this defense in Tampa Bay. They're, they're home. Now we got we got Tampa Bay. I know they're five and five. <clears throat> uh, 
Um, but they're on the road against a really a pass first defense. I mean, pass pass first offense. And Tampa Bay, and I'm going to name them from quarterback to tight end uh, in preventing fantasy points. And, and I'm, I'm going that order: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Twenty third, fifteenth, twentieth, and sixteen in preventing fantasy points against those respective positions: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. That means they they can uh, and when I say they, I'm saying Indianapolis can move the football against those positions. And I'm thinking quarterback position, wily old veteran. Um, I know he he, he threw for three two two interceptions. And in in Atlanta, um, and he did that in uh, the last time he started in Week Five in Houston. Um, but for the most part, he takes care of the football. Uh, the new quarterback, the new offensive coordinator, uh, seems to have revitalized this offense. I'm looking for Kobe Fleener uh, and uh, Dante Moncrief uh, to be uh, visited the end zone. I'm looking for uh, T.Y. Hilton to be the PPR guy here. Um, I think um, uh, he gets multiple targets equating to about five or six catches, 60, 70, maybe 80 yards in there, and uh, possibly into the end zone. But I like Moncrief and I like Fleener to to make a visit into the end zone. And like I keep on saying, I'm going to keep on emphasizing this because it's important as you get closer and closer to the playoffs and including the playoffs, games are going to be closer for the most part. Quite naturally, you're going to get some blowouts, but um, as people improve their lineups and their matchups are, are, are the matchups are, will get closer and closer. So you're trying to get as many fantasy points from as many, as many positions as you like. The kicking position is crucial. Most people, they get at least two points, the majority of them probably get three points for every field goal, regardless. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say regardless, but depending on um, the um, range of um, and the points associated with that range of the field goal kicks made. So Adam Terry playing at home, clutch kicker with it, with an offense that's going to be quite naturally move the ball against a not too stout defense uh, inside. It's in, in the dome and like I said, he's one of the oldest kickers and one of the most reliable kickers in all in all of football. He's going to be able to kick some field goals in here, two or three field goals, three field goals at, at an average of three points. That's nine points. That's nine points. That's that's just counting extra points. Extra points, quite naturally, is a point apiece. So you're talking about double digits. So there's a strong possibility Adam Vanitari gets double-digit points. How often does that happen for a kicker? So I'm saying – Pay attention to every uh, position. Don't just throw any kicker in there and expect to get uh, um, expect to get um, decent points. Pay attention to kickers, and this is one of these kickers that you need to pay attention to. And Adam Vanitari, Vanitari, at home against the offense that's going to be able to move the, move the football on the opposing defense. And even if, like I said, even if they stall and don't get into the end zone, they're going to be in position to kick field goals. The kicker that that's one of the kickers that you want to be able to do that. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. Now, let me see where we have. Um, how many more matchups we got here? We have 
Five more matchups in about 13 minutes, so hopefully we can get through these. All right, the next one is the Dolphins versus the Jets. It's going to be uh, uh, in the mid-40s, clear, uh, in MetLife Stadium. Dolphins need this very badly. The Jets are, are dealing with a two-game losing streak. Um, and uh, Jarvis Landry is expected to play. He's dealing with a knee, knee issue. Um, the Dolphins um, have lost. Quite naturally, you, you know they lost their head coach. They they ended the Cowboys game seven-game losing streak. They lost to the Cowboys last week. The Jets have lost their last two, um, but the uh, Dolphins have already lost to the Jets, and the, um, excuse me, have already lost to the Bills and the Pats, and, and uh, are playing the Jets now. Um, I don't expect too much from Ryan Tannehill and, and, and the uh, Dolphins today. Uh, the Jets. I'm going to name these down, starting from the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position, respectively. The Jets, in preventing fantasy points, on uh, 12th, 6th, 17th, and 4th. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Quite naturally, they defend against the running back and tight end position the best and are top Fifteen in quarterback and preventing fantasy points. And as quarterback, that means I don't think Tannehill is going to be doing much. Their weakness is against the uh, um, wide receiver position. And guess what? Revis Island is out. He's going, still going through concussion protocol. So I expect the wide receivers to run uh, fancy free here. Yeah, I expect the wide receivers, in, if, if, especially if, if um, uh, Jarvis Landry. Um, is uh, um, healthy enough to play to be a, um, a a have a very good uh, day today. Quite naturally, you have Rashad Matthews and Kenny Stills. Um, Kenny Stills had 581 yards and a touchdown the last time um, the the the, uh, the uh, Jets saw um, the uh, Miami Dolphins. So I expect. To Ryan Tannehill to have a um, his, his best option is to throw the football. Uh, Jay Ajayi and Lamar Miller. Uh, Lamar Miller is going to be catching the football more out of the backfield uh, along with running it. Jets are vulnerable with um, running backs who are involved in the pass catching game. And I think that's where Lamar Miller is going to rack up his points uh, catching the football out of the backfield. Uh, quite quite naturally, uh, Ryan Tannehill likes to like the short passing game. Lamar Miller is a viable option, um, and uh, um, along with uh, Kenny Stills, Rashard Matthews, and Jarvis Landry. PPR, these guys um, are going to be peppered with short short passes, um, and, and uh, uh, run after a catch is, is going to be key for Landry, Matthews, and Stills. Uh, Jordan Cameron, for some reason, I mean, he was a baller uh, when he was healthy with Cleveland. He's an afterthought, an afterthought in Miami. Why? I don't know. He's, he's To me, I thought he would be a perfect fit for Ryan Tannehill, um, but it hasn't worked out, and I don't think it will. Um, 
On the other side, let's talk about the Jets. Um, I'm not a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, never have been, even when he was with the uh, Houston Texans, and I'm still not a big fan of him. Uh, he only passed for 218 yards and a pass and a, and a, and a, and a uh, touchdown the last time um, they met the Dolphins, even though they won the game. He's been good for two scores in most games, though, um, and uh, but he he's been picked off. Uh, uh, he's had two interceptions in each game, um, and he's never failed to throw two, uh, less than two touchdowns, uh, at least two touchdowns in every home game. So I'm thinking he's going to throw two touchdowns. And who they going to throw to? Well, who else? Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, quite naturally, the uh, wide receiver one. Eric Decker is not too far behind. These guys have been extremely consistent um in um in the wide receiver position and, and um they have a very good rapport with uh Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not a big proponent of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but going against this defense uh, of Miami who are uh middle of the pack in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback uh wide receiver and tight end position and thirtieth against preventing points against the running back position. Um I'm thinking his offense <laughs> excuse me. Uh, excuse me, should be able to move the football um, effectively. Uh, I see Chris Chris Ivory um, getting close to the uh, century mark here and with a couple catches out of the uh, backfield. Viable running back, too, against this uh, um, Miami defense for Decker and um, Marshall. There'd be about five or six catches somewhere around there. Uh, 70 to 80 yards apiece would have vented into the end zone. And uh, that's how I see that. All right, let's move on to the um, Cardinals and the 49ers, which should be a I, – I, I really don't have to tell you to start Carson Palmer in here. I mean, come on. I've been telling you about this guy uh, before the season started, and he has not disappointed uh, top one, two, or three, depending on – the rankings, uh, I see him throwing for 300 yards here. Um, he did it uh, a little over 300 yards uh, the third week of the season against the 49ers in Arizona. Now the uh, Cardinals are going to visit their division rival in uh, San Francisco with not too many viable options in the uh, in the offensive side of the ball. I'm talking about San Francisco. So I'm seeing Carson throwing for 303 touchdowns. Uh, I see uh, – David Johnson catching the back, out of the backfield like he did last week with about 40 to 50 yards. And I think he may catch a pass out in, in the end zone. Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd is supposed to be coming back. Um, I don't know how, you know, you're flipping the coin with Michael Floyd. Let me put it that way. He was set out last week um, along with John Brown. J.J. Uh, Nelson filled in quite admirably with a couple of touchdowns. He balled out. He broke out, I should say. J.J. Nelson, um, pay attention to – it's a later game, so pay attention to the um, um, injury report. Uh, and the only reliable option I see here – I can't say J.J. Nelson or John Brown or Michael Floyd uh, are going to be real reliable. All reliable is Larry Fitzgerald. You're taking a shot with Michael Floyd. Supposedly he's going to play um, – uh, but 
and then he would be a viable play because he's been balling out the last uh, times he was in, in there. He was out, like I said, he was held out last week because of his hamstring, and he never practiced. Um, but like I said, keep track of him. Um, I, I like Michael Floyd in this matchup. Um, San Francisco is horrible against the running uh, wide receiver, running back, and quarterback position. Uh, they're in the bottom quarter of that, uh, which makes this a um, lopsided game, in my opinion. But this is a division game, so you never know what's going to happen here. But I do like the options of uh, uh, Carson Palmer, um, David Johnson. None of these guys should be on your waiver wire. John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, and with an outside chance, excuse me, of um, J.J. Nelson. Um, and also Chandler Canizero. Uh, this offense moves the football um, very effectively. Um, even against bad matchups, they move the football um, and put the field goal kicker in position to be able to kick some viable field goal kickers. So if Chandler Can is there and he shouldn't be sitting on your waiver wire, you grab him up because I think he's a good matchup this week. On the other side of the ball, the San Francisco 49ers, believe it or not, even though his statistics haven't shown, Blaine Gabbard has been playing pretty well. Um, uh, and um, they're playing at home. Uh, they're going to try to run the football with Sean Drone because Carlos Hyde is out. And I think uh, Sean Drone is involved in the running and especially in the passing game. He's a viable running back too, in my opinion here. Yes. Even though the, the San Francisco 49ers may not be racking up wins, uh, Sean Drone is a viable matchup here, uh, um, a viable play here. Uh, running back too and definitely in the flex position because I think he's going to get um, mid – Double-digit fantasy points, mid-double-digit fantasy points. That's like 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. I see him getting that that type of fantasy points. Arizona is in the top 15 uh, in preventing fantasy points in all skill positions. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, but I do like Sean Drone. I, I, I definitely like him. Um, ben Gabbard's got to throw to somebody. Uh, that accumulates to a lot of points and, and fits into the end zone. Uh, so be it. I can't pick it, and I wouldn't even try. I mean, you could put Aquan Bolden in there because you figure he's going to throw to that. That's his most reliable target um, other than the tight end, and you don't know what tight end is going to be the most reliable, whether it's going to be Selleck or Vance McDonald. Um, it could be either one, so I wouldn't give you a, a viable option of those two guys. All right, let's move on. We're going to be – got a little bit more than two minutes left, and we have um, three more pl- um, options. Now, this game here is going to be a very interesting game. It's going to be played in Seattle. Um, um, the Legion of Boom versus the high-powered offense coming off a bye in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't pick winners or losers. I just picked fantasy. I can't emphasize that more. Um you got a high-powered offense versus a bona fide defense, but I think this defense is not what it used to be. Uh, and I, I emphasize that this team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they're going from east to west coast, is is still a high-powered offense and coming off a bye. I like Ben Roethlisberger to throw for 300 yards. Last time a high-powered offense, which was the Arizona Cardinals, came in there, 
Carson Palmer absolutely torched that defense of the Seattle um, Seahawks. Um, I like the options that Ben Roethlisberger has. I see him thrown for uh, close to 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. Those touchdowns may not come to um, Antonio Brown, but I think he's going to rack up catches and yardage. Uh, you, you got to play Antonio. There's no two way about it. Um, Artavius Bryant may be the one that takes the visit into the end zone. And people, for those who don't know, Seattle is one of the worst teams in de- defending against the tight end position. That's their weakness. So uh, Heath Miller, if he's sitting on the waiver wire, this is the one time, or sitting on your pinch, this is the one time, one of many times, I should say, that you play Heath Miller, Miller, because I do believe he's going to be effective in here. 30th. I'm talking about this Legion of Boom. This bona fide defense is 30th against preventing fantasy points in a, in a tight end position. We're going to go in overtime. we got a couple of games. Hang with me, and then we'll be out of here and, and have you join your weekend. Hang with me. We're in overtime now. All right. You've got to play uh, uh, Heath Miller. No two ways about it. Every uh, most tight ends that have played Seattle have prospered and against this uh, uh, with this quarterback who likes throwing to the tight end, who knows how to get the ball to the tight end against a defense that their biggest weakness is defending against a tight end. It's a no-brainer in my, my opinion. But I like uh, uh, Martavius Bryant as a wide receiver too. Um, maybe three, somewhere around there. Uh, um, big play wide receiver. Uh, but Antonio Brown Scat back, lack of a better term, scat back type wide receivers uh, um, give the long, lanky DBs of Seattle um, fits. So scat back wide receivers like Antonio Brown should be able to prosper against the Legion of Boom. Um, On the other side of the ball, um, I like Thomas Rawls. I know this defense of Pittsburgh is one of the better defense in preventing fantasy points, number two to be exact, uh, against the running back position. But this guy's been balling out, balling out, and I expect this is a run-based defense. So the ball's going to get to the running back one way or the other, whether it's handing off to him or throwing off, throwing a dump-off pass to the running back so he can do his thing. Thomas Rawls is it's going to be uh, the guy. He's going to get all the volume in, in running the football, and I'm saying to you, Play Thomas Rawls. He's going to be the man. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is not going to be playing for the rest of the regular season. And maybe you won't see him in the playoffs. And maybe Seattle doesn't even get to the playoffs. That, that's a strong possibility. Both these teams need this win extremely, extremely badly. Uh, extremely badly. Both these teams need this, need this win very badly. And um, they're going to be doing everything they can possibly win to win this game. Now, who gets the majority? I'm telling you right like this. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are 28th, 25th, 22nd. And I'll go in reverse order. 22nd against the quarterback, 20, uh, 23rd against the wide receiver, and 28th against the tight end position. They can be thrown on. Their strongest suit is preventing the run. The weakest suit is preventing points against – um, the uh, passing offense. So I know that the um, Seattle Seahawks are going to run the football, but Jimmy Graham is, is, is 
probably a extremely both tight ends. Let me put it this way: Jimmy Graham and Heath Miller got to be played today. Got to be played today because both these defenses, Pittsburgh and Seattle, don't play the tight end well. Um, and uh, even though that Seattle plays the um, passing game well, uh, the, the weapons that the Steelers have, you got to play them. And the weapons that the um, Seattle Seahawks have is a toss of a coin. I know Doug Baldwin recently um, have been doing well with Russell Wilson, but uh, you can't discount Tyler Lockett. Um, he's a big play wide receiver. He's a boomer bust type of wide receiver. Uh, if you have no other options, I hope hopefully you do. Otherwise, you're shooting for the fences, uh, and maybe you need to if you're by, uh, trying to get a um, a playoff spot. Um, because this is this is a good opportunity to shoot for the fences against a defense that uh, is weak against the pass. All right, let's move on to the uh, next uh, to last game of the week. Uh, it's going to be twenty four mid mid twenties and snow. We're talking about in Denver against Brock Osweiler and the depleted Patriots. Whether it's on the offensive line. Or it, it's it's in the um, passing game. This is a very interesting um, matchup in reality and in fantasy. Uh, you have to think now. Do you do you bench Tom Brady? Well, let me put it this way: This is the number one defense, the number one rated defense against the quarterback, against the wide receiver. What does Tom Brady and and the uh, New England Patriots do well? They pass the football. They're not a really a run-based defense. I mean, offense, they pass the football. Well, Tom Brady has lost uh, Danny Amendola, who didn't make the trip, Julian Edelman, who's not there, uh, Deion Lewis, who was involved in the passing game. Those are three big options. Who do he have? He has Brandon LaFell, Aaron Dobson, um, and, and Ron Gritkowski against the number one rated defense uh, in Denver. And in basically inclement weather. So I would say you temper your expectations. Um, I, I, you know, Gronkowski is going to be a volume um, play here. He's going to get a lot of targets, targets equal opportunities. So I'm saying he gets six or seven catches, uh, 50 to 60 yards, somewhere around that, maybe 70 yards. Um, and he's going to get you double-digit points. You may not get typical Gronk-type points, but – Average double-digit points uh, for a tight end against this uh, defense that are going to be keying, keying on him as the number one option. Um, James White, quite naturally, catching the ball out of the backfield, taking the place of uh, Deion Lewis, may um, be a big key in here. Um, Garrett Blunt, um, they're going to try to run the football. Um, but – you got to temper your expectations of Tom Brady. I don't think he's going to have a big day today. I think uh, he's going to rely on his um, um, running game for the most part and uh, short passes because of that Denver rush, getting the ball out of his hand quickly. So that, that means the running backs and the tight ends are, are going to be used extensively uh, to um, for the New England Patriots. Uh with that being said, let's talk about the Denver Broncos playing at home. Second start for Brock Osweiler. 
Uh, he may not throw for a high amount of yardage, but I think he throws for a couple touchdowns in here. Uh, reasons I'm saying that is even though New England is uh, uh, 15th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback position, 5th in, in, in doing the same thing against the running back position, they're 23rd in preventing points against the um, uh, wide receiver position. And guess what? You got Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders um, that are, uh, I think are going to be balling out here, uh, especially Demarius Thomas, who Brock Osweiler is going to target early and often. I see him getting um, uh, five, five or six catches, 60 to 70 yards, and, and a nice visit into the end zone. Um, I see Owen Daniels, even though New England is top 10 preventing fantasy points against the uh, um, um, tight end position, is that uh, um, Owen Daniels and Vernon Davis are, are going to uh, rack up some uh, fantasy points uh, double digits. I'm I'm calling for both these guys double digit fantasy points. So if you have Owen Daniels, you're looking for a tight end. Uh, Vernon Davis is still sitting out there. Uh, put him in your lineup this week. I think he gets you double digit um, fantasy points from the tight end position, uh, which which is always good. Uh, I th- still think Ronnie Hillman because this is run based defense this is Gary Kubiak type of defense. They want to be able to run the football, establish that, and and then play action down the field with with um, their um, options in a passing game. Uh, so I like Ronnie Hillman in this also. Um, uh, with that being said, let's move on to the last but not least matchup. Uh, this is this is really, really, yes, really. Mid-40s, mostly cloudy. Uh, we're talking about the um, Baltimore, the injury-ridden Baltimore Ravens who lost their wide receiver, lost their main running back, and lost their quarterback um, in, in, multi, in several weeks that they're going up against the Cleveland Browns who just had thought they had a starting quarterback. Now he lied to his head coach. He partying and did all kinds of stupid things. Now he's number three, and I'm talking about Johnny Manziel, and we're going back to Josh McGowan. Um, they play division rivals uh, on Monday Night Football, and uh, um, the last time – the um, Cleveland Browns met the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Josh McGowan threw for over 150 yards. Um, Baltimore is one of the worst teams, if not the worst team, preventing, preventing fantasy points from the uh, wide receiver position. Um, uh, and uh, And from the quarterback position. So in the passing game, uh, especially you have to do a wide receivers. Uh, Baltimore can be slammed hard and often. So what am I saying here? Travis Benjamin, um, Duke Johnson, and uh, Gary Barnage should be extremely viable plays in here. Okay. Uh, I really like uh, uh, Gary Barnage. His best numbers have come uh, from Josh McGowan at the quarterback. Uh, Travis Benjamin is a volume guy, uh, six or seven catches, 80 and 90 yards, uh, maybe not a visit into the um, end zone. And um, Josh McGowan likes stone passes to Duke Johnson, uh, whether they they spread him out or have him sitting out in the back in the backfield and throwing dump off passes to him. Um, he's very um, reliable in the passing game. Um, so if you need uh, 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 any of those options and they're sitting out there, they shouldn't be. 
There's no way these guys should be sitting out. Barnage and Travis Benjamin, no way should, they should be out, sitting out there. And that's including Duke Johnson. Feel comfortable about putting those guys in today. They're playing at home against a division rival that's very bad in the passing game. It's a no-brainer to me. On, now, on the other side, Justin Forsett is gone. Gone for the year. It's the Jarvis, Javarius, Allen uh, um, um, uh, day today and, and, go, and for the foreseeable future. Uh, and, and Cleveland is one of the worst teams, 28th, in preventing fantasy points against the running back position, 30th in quarterback, and 29th in a, in a wide receiver position, and 21st in a tight end. They have a viable tight end in Crockett Gilmore. Matt Schaub is the Matt Schaub is the uh, um, quarterback, uh, Mister Pick Six himself. So what's safe for, for Matt Schaub? Throwing to the running back, throwing to the uh, tight end. So I expect the running back to be able to run the football and also catch it out of the backfield. I also expect the, the uh, tight end um, to be. Uh, um, targeted a lot, safe throws. I expect the tight end to be targeted a lot. And the number one receiver, because Steve Smith's not there, is uh, uh, Kamar Aiken. And I'm really not a fan of Kamar Aiken. Um, and I don't expect him to be really that effective. I like Crockett Gilmore and, and Javoris Allen to be the main targets and the main players in this game for uh, Baltimore. All right, with that being said, I want to thank you for joining me. Hopefully you, you've um, gained some um, insight into what you need uh, this week to gain a win, to get you one step closer to either being in the playoffs already, uh, making a move to closer to getting in the playoffs, or um, trying to maneuver a trade, a last-second trade for those teams that – for those leagues that the trade deadline is – this up-and-coming Wednesday. Keep trying, uh, regardless if you're in the playoffs or not. It, it makes a difference because you can always play spoiler, make a difference in who gets in and who 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 uh, uh, gets out of the playoffs. So keep trying. Make it uh, your your mission that whether if you're not in the playoffs and you can stop someone from getting in the playoffs, you can play spoiler or you can um, secure your position in the playoffs and, and uh, um, have a shot for that, for that uh, championship that you look forward to. I'm out. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. See you next week. Gotta get that. Gotta get that. Gotta get that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.